Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I invite people virtually into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting with a decluttering life coach, Kate. Now, Kate, decluttering life coach, that is a whole like, whole mess of worms, a whole can of worms you open up. So before we I get know. into that, let's talk about who you are as a person and then how you got into being a decluttering life coach. All right. Um, so I, I'm a, a practicing psychologist and a life coach. So I've been uh, in psychology for about 20 years and um, own my own practice and everything. And I'm in the process of writing a book that is half self-help and half decluttering advice because my whole thing is all about uh, balancing out the your life. Mm-hmm. And I found that your house and its health has a lot to do with how you feel about yourself. Um, other than that about me, I'm the mama of two calico cats and uh, I am a yoga instructor and I, I guess that's that's what I've got. <laughs> I love that. And I will, we have something in common. I'm also the mama of two calico cats. One oh, is actually, goodness. one is actually the mama and one is the daughter, but of oh, two calicos. So that's calico so fantastic. The best. <laughs> they are. So what exactly is decluttering life coach? What exactly do you do? Okay. So um, we know what psychologists are and therapists. We know in essence what life coaches are. Life coaches aim at finding solutions based on your strengths more so than like in therapy. A lot of times we're kind of looking at what is wrong with you and trying to fix it or it's, it's just kind of a strange way that we're taught. But in in life coaching, I'm going to work with your strengths. So like I was saying, I figured out, it was actually through my own decluttering journey of my house. I decluttered my house uh, a while ago, but I did about, touched about 90% of the belongings in in the house. Wow. And uh, decluttered probably about 30% of them. And I found out that that made me a happier human being. And I had thought that I was a slob before, found out I wasn't. I just didn't know how to do certain things and how to have schedules and whatnot. And once I put structure in place in a decluttered home, I've got a home that I love. So as a life coach, what I wanted to be able to do was bring this concept to other women because we kind of have a rough lot in life sometimes, Mm -hmm. a lot of expectations on us. And, um, I want to be able to work with women to take care of the mental and emotional barriers that we have in life and to create solutions there, but also the mental and emotional experience it is of living in the space that we live in and decluttering that space Mm -hmm. so that we only have what we love because that is part of how we're going to have a life that we love. That makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, you know, it's tough, especially for women. It seems like they get the, the 
I don't want to say the judgment if their house isn't perfect. It's like they're the ones being judged about it. They're the ones, okay, you're a bad housekeeper. You're a bad mom. You're this, you're that, you're other, because your house isn't spick and span perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, and that it's, it's a tough thing because we, you know, a <clears throat> hundred years ago, we had next to no rights as women and we do now and we have jobs and we have full lives and amazing things. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way, we kept all of the old jobs that we had mm -hmm. <laughs> and then just added more on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, yes, we're the ones who run the house. We're the ones who make all the decisions. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. I mean, that's really not fair to the gents in our lives, but yeah, but it's a lot of pressure. It is. So how do, when clients come to you, how do they first start working with as decluttering? What do you work with them first? Because honestly, I'm thinking, I'm looking at my house right now, thinking about it and I'm just overwhelmed with that sense of overwhelmness first. It's like, okay, what goes first? There's so many things. And that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons why we, I create an office outside the home. So it wouldn't be distracted. I mean, even though it's 50 yards from my back step, but even sometimes when this gets cluttered, it's like, it's so distracting. Sure. Sure. Um, but you use the, the, the word overwhelm. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, that's what I have to help women to, to deal with it. And I, I keep saying women, it's not that I don't work with guys. I certainly do. I just recently helped my dad do a bunch of decluttering in his house, but I'm uh, very focused on empowering women. But, um, so overwhelm is what stops us from doing anything with our houses and then our houses take us over and it's just a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So as their coach, the women that I work with, first we look at every part of their lives. So their mental and emotional health, their physical uh, self-care, their soul or spiritual self-care, and then what they like and dislike about their house. So I can kind of figure out what's the personality that I'm working with. And what's nice about the work that I do is I'm not just a declutterer who comes into somebody's house mm -hmm. and says, here, let's get rid of a bunch of stuff. And then a year later, you've just regrown your mm -hmm. clutter. What I do virtually, so my, my clients can prop me up in a room, is we identify an area that she wants to focus on, where she wants to start. And she doesn't know where to start. So let's say it's in her bedroom and she's got hampers filled with clothes that she just doesn't know what to do with. So I say that right there, you're going to start there and I'll point at something that hamper there, start pulling things out of it and tell me whether you're keeping, keeping it, donating it or tossing it. Mm -hmm. And that gives her a starting point because before she couldn't see the individual things. And when I take over, and I say, here, do this, it takes that pressure off of her. And she doesn't have to be overwhelmed anymore. And then one by one, we just start going through items. If it's a kitchen, same thing. Open that drawer, start pulling things out. Tell me about them. Tell me why you want to keep them or why you want to get rid of them. So there's stories that come out too. Mm. I love that. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that you give them a starting point because a lot of times with the overwhelm, you don't have that starting point. You don't know exactly where to start. 
and you're like, I'm not going to do anything because mm -hmm. where do I begin? And it's a perfectionism thing, oddly enough. And that confuses people when I say that because we think of perfectionism as somebody who does everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. But if the idea that overwhelm that we get is about looking at it and going, if I start, I'm going to accidentally start in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a bad thing. Something terrible is going to happen, which it's not. But that's what our brains tell us. Right. We've got these old parts of our brains that are very frightened and trying to keep us safe. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. We're going to take a brief commercial break. When we get back, I want to hear about some of your clients' experiences. Like, have you really had to fight with them about some of the things to throw away? Because I'm sure there are people that still want to hold on to everything. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after this commercial. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Branding yourself begins with self-reflection. Taking stock of your strengths. Is there a particular talent that helps you shine? In this series, founder of Pierre Branding Group, Lydia Pierre, sits down with the executives and entrepreneurs to shed light on why it is important to brand yourself and get ahead. And we are back chatting with Kate, who is a declutter life coach. And before we went to break, I wanted you to share some of your clients' experiences, because honestly, when I'm thinking about decluttering, you know, the, the most massive part of decluttering that you think of when people think of clutter is hoarders that, that show hoarders. Sure, sure. So, you know, I know it's not to that extreme with most of your clients because they're wanting to get help, but what are mm -hmm. some of the, the clients' responses that when you said get rid of this or, you know, go through this? Well, so that's the thing about the work that I do. I never tell them anything. Mm. Like, <clears throat> I, Because that's a fear that people have that I'm going to tell them to get rid of all their stuff. Uh, one woman got very defensive of her um, her collection of Starbucks cups or mugs. Um, and I, I, she really loved them. Well, the whole idea is to have a house filled with things that you love so you can have a life that you love, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't care if you got a hundred Starbucks mugs. If you love them, they stay. I did ask her if she used them and she swore that she did. So that's a big thing I'm going to ask people if they really want to hold on to something what's why what's the deal do you use it do you love it um but i'm never going to tell somebody they have to get rid of something because that would actually be really cruel of me um that it's it's actually one of the issues i have with like those hoarder shows because uh -huh. it's, it's not it's it's really dangerous to tell somebody who is attached to an item that they can't have it anymore 
Obviously hoarders have a very severe mental illness, but the rest of us who are collecting clutter, we still have emotional attachments to everything, right? Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> so I'm not going to come in and say to you that you have to get rid of whatever thing it is, something that you, you really enjoy and you love just because I've got some idea that you should have less of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hope is, is that if you've hired me, then you want to have less of stuff. Yeah. So if when somebody has some resistance, I just ask them questions. And again, like I said, stories start coming out and women will kind of go through the stories of how they got this thing or what the memory is that's attached to it. And sometimes by the end of the story, they go, mm, I really don't need this. It's amazing. So interestingly enough, in my work, I don't have conflicts with my clients. I don't run into issues because I'm, I'm just not going to create that environment. This needs to be a safe space to do this work. Wow. I mean, you would think that, I guess it's because I'm coming with the preconceived notion of the hoarders and somebody going mm -hmm. through and telling them they need to get rid of this and that. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. like the fact that you are, you're validating their emotions. You're validating that, hey, if this is something you love, then you need to keep it. But maybe we can find a better spot for it too. Right. And let's say you have like a, a collection. Um, I worked with one woman whose husband had a massive Lego collection. Um, some parts, but also some completed things, mm -hmm. but they're all shoved in this room. That was also like, there was a hutch with some China. There was a bed upended. There were lamps there. I mean, so many odd things in this room and it was just to become a catch-all and many people have catch-all rooms mm -hmm. yeah, just as it is. So what we worked with was how can he display this? How can he love this collection of his? Because if you love something, mm -hmm. you might want to like share it with other people. And their son actually had his own, you know, budding Lego collection. And so they built shelves in his room so that he could display his things and um, just create some organizational things for the little bits and pieces. If, if you love stuff, Use it, show it off, do something that honors that. That's what I ask of people. And if you want to keep this and keep it in the back of a closet, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. But if in the end you insist upon it, I'm like, okay, it's your closet. <laughs> I love that. Okay, it's your closet. <laughs> now, when you first, when the client first comes to you, are they like really hesitant about what you do, what you're, you know, they're like, okay, I want to declutter, but I really don't know. It's because I'm going back to hoarders again, because a lot mm -hmm. of people think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. That when you're decluttering, you're decluttering life coaches, like you're throwing away almost everything that you've collected over a lifetime. And it's not like that. No, so, no. Um, I think that there's, <laughs> there's a certain level of confusion as to what they're walking into, which is what like a, a pre-conversation is about before they go and, you know, purchase sessions mm -hmm. with me. Um, but the, yeah, they have to learn how, what it is, like how, how this process is going to go. 
um, you know, when I have had the opportunity to go into people's homes, that's, that's really an, another type of experience, but, you know, they let me in the front door of their space. It's mm-hmm. really intimate to let me in. So letting me in through the camera of the computer is, is hard enough, but letting me in like through the front door is really tough because there's all this shame that's attached to this stuff. And I just go very gently and slowly with them and keep reminding them that I have no interest in taking things from them. And they just kind of go along with it. It's, I don't know, I might have a trusting face or something like that. uh, Trustworthy. I think it's maybe it's because you you're willing to sit and talk about the item and talk about the stories and willing to listen and giving people a voice. Yeah. Giving them a voice. I love that. It's because you, you need to be respectful of, of what somebody's experiences you need to, you need to sit and listen. Cause if I don't listen, I don't know really who this person is, what they've got going on and how can I help them if I don't sit and listen for a while. So actually the first session that anyone has with me, we don't touch a darn thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, so every client starts with what I call a kickstart session, which is 80 minutes long, where we're just pretty much talking. They will have filled out some questionnaires and things before getting to me. So I'll have some information on them. And we talk about their home and they'll walk me through the house um, more often than not with, you know, kind of holding up the computer, marching me through the house and mm-hmm. pointing at things. And we just talk about each room. We talk about how they feel. So if you look in your pantry and it's chaos. Yeah. Because most chaos. people's pantries are, right? Chaos. <laughs> I know. I know. I see a lot of them. And then I say, well, how do you feel when you look at it? And they always say chaotic or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because it's, if, if, my, if my mind is in chaos, my house is going to be in chaos. And if my house is in chaos, my mind's going to be in chaos. So in that first session, we just walk around the house and talk about what's going on and how things got to this place and who they are, what their story is in general. Um, I have no interest in them doing any um, decluttering of the physical space first. It's kind of more of a mental decluttering. Mm -hmm. session. It's more of building a relationship so oh, that yeah. they know that where you're coming from is a place of love, not a place of you need to do this, you need to do that, and trying to be bossy about people. Yeah, it's not a place of judgment or criticism because that's you know that's all that that shame. That's where that comes from is the idea that you know if you walk in my house and you see clutter, you're going to judge me as being bad, mm-hmm. like me, the human being. I'm bad because I have clutter in my home. And it breaks my heart, you know, all the people who won't let their friends and family come to their home because they're so fearful of judgment. I I knew one woman who was in a relationship with a gentleman for over a year before she let him come into her house. Wow. Yeah, it was, and she still had a journey to go as far as her decluttering went at that point. But it's, it really, that clutter can get in the way of those relationships. Well, I've never thought about the fact that, clutter can get in the way of relationships, but it only seems like 
parallel that, you know, if your life's a mess and, and your mind's a mess, then your relationship's going to be a mess as well. Right. That's, then you don't feel good about yourself. You know, if you don't feel good about yourself, you're not really wanting to put yourself out there, even with just mm -hmm. like girlfriends or something. Um, there might become difficulties within a marriage because of clutter, because, you know, you're just like closed in and mm -hmm. you just feel like you're being suffocated by your house and you'll take it out on each other. You might take it out on your kids. They'll take it out on you. Again, it's personal. So it affects every part of you. And that's what, it's what people don't understand. And that's mm -hmm. why I want people to understand, want women to understand the state of your home has a lot to do with how you feel about yourself. So for goodness sake, let's take care of your home because that is self-care. Yep. That is so true. And speaking of taking care of yourself, we're coming on the busy season. Next week is Thanksgiving and then it's going to be Christmas and it's going to be New Year's and then people are going to have people in and out of their houses. What are some tips that we can like declutter, but it's not like it's going like a massive decluttering that we can actually do to kind of relieve some of the pressure off of us for the holidays? Well, so there's, uh, I've been thinking and talking about uh, decluttering your holidays a ton lately because it's a very broad subject and especially the way that i think and operate because i work with mind body soul and space if you that's part of my tagline those four parts of you coming together so i don't just focus on the physical um so and i actually um on my instagram in the reels area i just started a um a series that's going to run throughout November and December that is going to have holiday decluttering ideas mm -hmm. in it. Um, so if we're decluttering the physical, because you got people coming over, mm -hmm. first of all, all we care about is the spaces people are going to be in. Yeah. Other than that, close doors, tell people don't go in. There. <laughs> you know, people, you can put a sign on a door and say, please do not enter. Yep. And, and friends and family will be respectful of that. If you only want people using the powder room downstairs, and you don't want them going and finding the full bath upstairs, put a rope across the stairs. You're allowed to do that. I love that. And then you think about, okay, if we're going to have a sit down meal, what kind of, um, you know, what are the dishes we're going to be using? And you just identify those and pull those out and put everything else away. And I don't love the idea of just shoving things in closets when you're getting ready for mm -hmm. people to come over. And in crises, sometimes we got to do that. Do it. Um, but what you can do is you can make sure that like the counters are clean in your kitchen, like that they're, they're cleared of clutter. And if that means moving stuff into another room because you're not really ready to do the true decluttering of it, that's okay. But clear counters in a kitchen, clear kitchen table, decluttered coffee table, end tables, um, not having stuff on the floor, like, you know, the kids' toys mm -hmm. or bags or 
coats because for some reason coats just get dropped on the ground all the time. <laughs> so really cleaning out the flat surfaces. If you can declutter those, you got people coming over. That's what I would recommend. Um, beyond that, decluttering the holidays is also about decluttering your time. Because mm -hmm. we get pulled in a lot of different direction at the holidays. Um, a lot of parties, a lot of family, a lot of obligation, a lot of guilt, anxiety, exhaustion. Mm -hmm. I can keep going. Can you relate? Yeah, totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes what we need to do is we need to get really intentional about decluttering down what we're doing with ourselves, which sometimes means saying no to things, regardless of whether people are going to be kind of peeved at you because you said no. You know, no to a family gathering, no to a friend gathering. You you are allowed to do that, and it's important to do it. Um, there's also spending time with your immediate family, like your little family unit, mm -hmm. you and your partner, your spouse, your kids. Because when you go to a family gathering, what happens? Like, you enter the door, and everybody goes, Phew. Yep. Kids go down to the basement to play with their cousins. The guys go watch football. The women are in the kitchen and watching the football in the basement. The women are everywhere, right? Because we do yep. that. But that's not quality time with your family unit. So setting aside time to do like game nights, family dinners, having some special experiences. Like I live in uh, the Chicagoland area and we have a zoo that has Christmas lights up. I know a lot of families that make that a tradition to always go mm -hmm. to that with their kids. So it's special time spent together. I love that. Yeah. And another idea as far as decluttering your time and all that is to just not be around for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice to take a big holiday vacation. Yes. And people do that. I have many clients who do this. They take their whole family and they go somewhere else. Now they're not dealing with you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and all the expectations of being pulled this way and that way. Stress reduces, mm -hmm. resentment goes away. And they have, it's kind of like the, the Christmas gift to the family every year, oftentimes is to go on some sort of a, a vacation. Um, my husband and I actually went to Peru one year for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Kentucky Fried Chicken because they have that in Peru. It was the closest we could get to a turkey because it was either that or a guinea pig. Um, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was a really sweet memory. So it is a trending sort of thing to take your little family unit and go elsewhere for the holidays. And again, not everybody's going to be happy with you, mm -hmm. but it's okay if people aren't happy with you. That is something women really struggle with. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing that I've really been stressing as far as decluttering for the holidays is gift giving. Mm, that's big. That's huge. Because mm -hmm. when you got kids... And you have grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, your kids get how many gifts? How big is the pile? Even when you've you've told your parents, please don't give the kids lots of stuff, oftentimes cross that boundary and still give them lots of stuff. 
And I have endless stories about families having this pile of presents that just like kind of migrates around the house because it doesn't have a place. Mm -hmm. So that's clutter. Not great. Or a bunch of those presents end up out in the garage and they forget they exist until next summer when they are going through a bunch of stuff and they go, oh yeah, heck, we, we forgot that these presents had come in the house. So um, recommendations I have for decluttering gift giving. Okay. I got a bunch of them. <laughs> All right, go for it. Um, the first one is, is, you know, Amazon lists are really useful. You can have mm -hmm. separate lists for different people in the family and uh, that can help just kind of clarify who wants what. Um, giving what people need kind of not always instead of, but maybe a little more so than what they just want. Because mm -hmm. that's what clutter is, is it's a bunch of stuff that you wanted, but you didn't really need, mm -hmm. you know, um, having a one gift limit. Again, you might have to remind you, your parents to like one gift for the kids. That's it. No more. Um, there's the five gift rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've never heard of that one. Okay. So the idea is, is to give the kids uh, something they want, something they need something to wear, something to read, and then an experience or something to do. Hmm. So it's a neat way to give clarity to what's going to be given and to keep it minimal. Um, and then beyond that, giving, asking family members to give to charities that you enjoy or to local shelters instead of giving you know, physical gifts to you. And along those lines is something called the So Kind Registry. And there you go, it's up on the screen there, SoKindRegistry.org. What this is, is it's this really cool place where you can register for gifts like experiences. Um, sometimes funds toward like a bigger thing that you're wanting or a, or a vacation you wanna go on or, or something like that. Um, time you know if you really want as a gift somebody to come into your house every week and give you five hours of time away from the kids mm -hmm. you know that can be asked for or many other things and you can ask for people to give to charities they're just a lot of stuff and when you go mm -hmm. on the the website they've got examples of what uh registries might look like so that you can get an idea of, okay, what is this really strange new idea? Yeah. I went on there and I just fell in love with the idea. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you're actually helping your kids learn that it's okay to give back during the holidays as well. What are the holidays supposed to be about? You know, goodwill toward all. Mm-hmm and joy, peace on earth, like all that stuff that the songs teach us about. And it got a little lost somewhere along the way and got turned into Black Friday. And Cyber Monday. And now <laughs> Black Friday is super early. Like now they're releasing all the deals now. And I'm like, okay. And then, then, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, wow. And, but yet they play down the Giving Tuesday because people are giving item giving money or services 
but they're not getting anything back. Yeah. Supposedly they're not getting anything back, but they are because they're getting, you know, they're helping someone. They're getting that appreciation, that love, that, yes, that feeling of, wow, I've helped somebody in this world. It is really okay to, to get to feel good because you help somebody else out. That's, that's not, that doesn't take away from a selfless act. Um, I always say that, you know, somebody like Mother Teresa, who was so amazing with charities, I'm sure she felt good all the time. That wasn't wrong of her, she, it, but she was still pretty selfless. Um, so gifts go both ways. When you know that you've given somebody something that they really, really wanted, something that's meaningful, yep. and you feel really good, because I don't know about you, but I don't get a real warm, fuzzy feeling out of giving my sister a gift card at Christmas. Nope. But sometimes it's so much easier to give them a gift card because it, they can go out and get what they want instead of having to, oh, this junk is just going to take up more space in my house. The, the, the clutter is like, it's going to take more space out of in my house. So yeah. or not knowing what they want, I'm only going to really spend money that she's going to go and exchange it anyways. Rather give her a gift card. Well, and that's where like kind of the Amazon uh, list can come into play. And you know, there was a time before gift certificates uh, where we exchanged Christmas lists and mm -hmm. kids really thought about everything that they wanted. They were very intentional about it. As adults, even, you know, we would be intentional about it. I will admit that my husband and I stopped giving each other gifts uh, about 10 years ago. We just, we travel a lot. So that's kind of our gift to each other every year. But um, we didn't always have Amazon. We didn't always have mm -hmm. Black Friday. We didn't always have all this stuff. And I, really, it's not been around for very long. And we managed to give very meaningful gifts to each other a while ago when there was kind of no other option other than to be thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And I mean, I remember getting gifts from, I'm just going to add it, from my mom that it was like, it's not even stuff that we would even use in the house. It's not mm -hmm. our style. It's not anything. Mm -hmm. So I ended up donating it to cool. either Goodwill or I donated it to a friend of mine who has a farm and she does hen parties and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? These are your door party, your door prizes. Hen parties are like girls nights out. Yeah, so yeah. Were her door, door prizes for girls night out. So I said, they're out of my house. They're gone. I'm ready. Just here you go. You know, I love that idea. That is so fantastic. <laughs> Cause it's a lot easier when, like you said, you're decluttering and you, mm -hmm. even when you stop it at the door and I've heard a lot of parents say, okay, your birthday's coming up or Christmas is coming up. Let's go through your toys right now before mm -hmm. you get the influx of the new toys to kind of get some of the old ones out of the way. It's, it's a really great idea to do with kids. Absolutely. I'm just going to run with that for a moment. Uh, that to every year have a go through the clothing mm -hmm. and go through all the toys or the books or whatever it might be, because if we're going to have a big influx of gifts, they'll come in and they'll pile on top of the old stuff. So if we don't get the old stuff out first, we just start having like a clutter parfait mm -hmm. growing in the house. And I have many of my clients who have been in the last few weeks have been 
having these sort of little decluttering parties with their kids, especially with the clothing, actually, because <laughs> kids grow so bloody fast. And so it's a good way to at least once a year really go through all the clothes. And if you get the situation where you have more than one child and it's hand-me-downs and you know that, okay, you've outgrown this, let's hand it on to this person. And if this person's gone and mm -hmm. she's not being able to wear it or he's not being able to wear it, then, and the other little siblings, if there's more than, you know, two siblings, then that needs to go out of the house. Right. So be able to get more use out of it as well. Cause you may forget that you have stuff. Cause I know I run across stuff in my closet that I like, I forgot I had that. Oh, let me wear that in case in point, the sweater that I'm wearing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. If I hadn't decluttered uh, a couple of weeks ago to kind of just clean out my closet a little bit, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have found this sweater and I'm like, Oh, I really like this sweater and it's comfortable. So isn't that nice. You basically you went shopping in your own closet. Yep. For sure. I just like, and it's so much easier and you feel so much better. You feel like a sense of relief. Why is it, why do we feel a sense of relief when our house is like clean mm. and like declutter of color clutter? Yeah. What my clients so often say to me, the phrase that they, they say is that they feel lighter. Mm -hmm. They're describing a sense of relief. And so the way I've come to describe this phenomenon, if you want to call it that, is that all of that stuff is truly weighing on you. It's pressing you down. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was describing before, the idea of like it's closing in on you, suffocating you. So that sense of relief is kind of like a, with a pressure cooker, one of the older pressure cookers that I grew up with, where you press a little button and some of the pressure would come out of it so that lid didn't go and hit the ceiling and you get chilly all over the place. <laughs> you remember those days? <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing. So you can imagine that that steam that's coming out, that that is, um, or the pressure is some of the clutter and there's, you know, if you have a, a wound that is like kind of swollen, sometimes lancing it, removing the ick, mm -hmm creates a sense of relief. It's all the same concept. You remove some of the ick from your house, you're going to feel a sense of relief, a, a reduction in pressure. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Now I know my biggest problem with clutter is the mail. Like when they, when I first got it, it just piles up. It piles up. Mm -hmm. You know, you sh immediately you should have like go through and throw things away. Some days I'm really good about it. And some days I'm like, I'm just going to sit the mail here and I'm not even going to look at it. Um, yes. And I think we all have the same issue. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderfully universal across the, the board. Every apartment, every house in the country has the same issue. Um, cause we have all this paper that comes in and you got your junk mail and you got your bills and you got your, you know, periodically something, a letter from somebody. It does actually come every once in a while, not just emails. And so what is, what do we keep? What do we not keep? What is, oh, you know, so it's Christmas time and catalogs might come out because catalogs still go out. Um, so what, what do you do with everything? I recommend to everybody to have, uh, you know, have a, a place where mail goes and maybe you've got like uh, mom's mail and dad's mail is separated and then they're each responsible for it. So instead of it stacking up on a counter or on uh, the kitchen table, which mm -hmm. in my house, it's the kitchen table. 
<laughs> and, uh, and so instead of it doing that, it goes into your folder, your tray. My husband and I both have mail trays, like little wooden boxes that our mail goes into. And when it kind of hits a certain height, uh, we know that it's time to go through it because you just you keep some of the weirdest stuff. You do. I mean, I found a coupon that my I had given my daughter for a razor that was a free razor, mm -hmm. but it was stuck between the the seat, the cushion of the chair, the seat. She had put it there to, to you know, I'm going to pick it up. I handed it to her when she was in the chair and she put it down there and forgot it. And the coupon was expired. I'm like, really? You could have gotten a free razor. And that is what I'm always afraid of is exactly that situation that I'm going to have a coupon that has an expiration date on it. It's going to get lost in a pile and I'm going to lose out on the thing. And mm -hmm. because it's happened to all of us, I think, I mean, I know it's happened to me multiple times that I've just missed out on some delightful thing. And so build into your routine, if you can, that maybe every morning while you're having your cup of coffee, you pull the mail over to you and you go, okay, what's here? And you go through it and you sort it. Everything that's garbage goes in the bin. Mm -hmm. And anything that's a bill, maybe you've got a specific folder for bills and on a certain date in the, of the month, you go through your bills and we do a lot of stuff online now, of course, mm -hmm. but any way that you can, uh, can work your decluttering into your routine, like the mail, it could be, you know, if you are, you were to take a break at lunch and go from your little office into the house, um, you could grab the mail then. But if you link doing something that is really mundane, like mail sorting to another behavior that you do all the time, like, I mean, I'm not sure if you have a morning coffee, but many people do. And um, if you're always going to be having a morning coffee, then maybe the mail sits by the coffee maker so that you can grab it and do it then, or, you know, some other sort of connection makes it easier. Now, I do have something else where I didn't mention in the talking points, but it came across as we were talking. How about decluttering your cell phone? I mean, oh, digital decluttering. Thank yes. You. Yes. Um, boy, <laughs> yeah, we were uh, under the impression that technology was going to like reduce a whole lot of things. And we just mm -hmm. came up with a new way to have clutter. <laughs> yep. So, You've got in your phone, you've got your apps, you've got your photos, videos, um, plenty of other things. You probably have downloads of documents in there. Again, coming up with some sort of routine, maybe it's once every three months or something like that, you sit down with your phone. I was actually decluttering my photos earlier today in my phone. Because <laughs> my phone will come up and go, uh, excuse me. You don't have very much space. Yeah, no <laughs> but there's also your email. Mm -hmm. You know, you end up with a whole bunch of just backlog stuff in your email. I uh, knew one woman who she she took two hours. It was two hours, and she went through about a thousand emails that she had backed up, and she put some in folders and deleted others and and whatnot. But after that, then she was able to kind of stay on top of it. Um, yeah, it's it, it. 
once something gets out of control, you have to do the big decluttering really. And then you can create the routine that keeps it decluttered. Um, yeah. And those apps, man, go through your apps. There should be a thing in your phone that'll say which apps were used most recently mm -hmm. and which ones haven't been used for like six months, eight months, 10 months. I had the Amtrak app on my phone because my mom comes to visit for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know she wasn't very happy with me with the, on the couple of Thanksgivings that I traveled. Um, but since COVID, she, she lives in Michigan, so she has not felt comfortable taking the train. So she's not come for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. She won't be here this year. So I haven't used the Amtrak app since uh, January of 2020, when was the last time she was able to come for a visit prior to you know, the mm -hmm. pandemic happening. And so I kind of didn't want to get rid of the Amtrak app. Like, I know I'm going to use it again at some point. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool thing. You go into the Play Store or the Apple Store and you get the app again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, so there's a lot of them where you're not going to lose information if you uninstall it. Yep. And it clears up your space for your photos. <laughs> exactly. If you need to have, because if you, or you're somebody like me, I take 101 pictures of my cats almost every day. It's a, mm -hmm. probably an illness of some sort. <laughs> I have. There are many videos of them. I have videos and photos of them from when they were kittens last year. And um, I refuse to get rid of them. Yeah. But what you can also do is you can download your photos to your computer. You can download them to an external drive of some sort. You can upload them to something like Walgreens where you're gonna maybe print them or make a, a photo book. There are other places to store your photos instead of on your phone. And um, I highly recommend as far as like your the face of your cell phone goes is having like one page is all things for communication. Another page is things for scheduling. Another thing is all social media. So you have different pages that you can scroll through that have specific categories on them. I love that. That way you're not sitting there spending a lot of your time trying to search through everything. You, if you know you have a category, you can yeah. just hit that category and find what you're looking for that way. So. Exactly. And I know on my Android phone, um, that I can have a folder uh, on the home page that I can put a whole category mm -hmm. of apps into. So that declutters it down even further visually. Mm -hmm. um, so like every app that has to do with running my business is in one little folder. So you think can have everything right there. Yeah. You can do it in the, in the iPhone too as well. So I, mean, I figure if you can do it in Android, I'm pretty sure you can do it in Apple <laughs> and then some. <laughs> Our time is almost up though, Kate, but I really want to see if you had one last little nugget that you wanted to share. Um, you know, I guess the, the last thing that I would like to share is really just about understanding that you, whether I'm saying this to Melissa or I'm saying this to all the other women and men who might be watching this or listening to this, um, you deserve to be happy. Mm. You deserve to have a home that you love. You deserve to have a space that you want to be in. You deserve to take care of yourself. You are allowed to put yourself before other people. In fact, 
putting yourself before other people is going to be better for those other people because you're going to have more of yourself mm -hmm. to give when they need it. That is the theme that for the last couple of weeks that people have been saying is, you know, you have to put yourself first. You have to take care of what you need to do because mm -hmm. you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. And so it's really easy to say, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to say, not so easy to do. Yeah. And that's, again, that's where the work that I do comes into play because it's getting to the nitty gritty of where, what are these emotional barriers? What is it about me, the way I was raised, the messages that I grew up with, my perceptions that make it so that I think I'm not allowed to put myself first, that it's selfish to put myself first or that I'm being mean if I say no. Because I'm actually going to tell you, um, telling someone they're, uh, you know, fill in the blank, nasty word. That's mean. Mm -hmm. But saying no is not mean. And it's, there's, there's a lot of mental and emotional reasons why we struggle to put ourselves first. And we really need to work through that, whether it's with a therapist, a life coach, me, you know, whatever it is, because sometimes we can't see what it is that's holding us back and keeping us stuck. That is so true. Now, tell people where they can find you at. Let's start with your website first. So, uh, soulfulspacecoaching.com. And there you can take a look at uh, all the fun things I have to offer, including my blog. And um, from there, I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And you're going to get a similar content on both. So if you're more of a Facebook user, it's okay. If you're more of an Instagram user, you're not going to miss out on things. But I post interesting things in my stories <clears throat> regularly. And I do actually have a Facebook group. Uh, it's a life decluttering group. And so if you go to my Facebook page, uh, you can find the soulful space life decluttering group. It's a, just a nice place to get together. I love that. And then you also have Pinterest as well. Correct? I do have a Pinterest. <laughs> I'm glad you know what I have. Yes. <laughs> and in Pinterest, I have, um, there's going to be a lot of links to like my blogs, um, things that I feel are important. I'm going to pull from other uh, people who are talking about mindfulness yoga, decluttering, mm -hmm. organization, life hacks. I've got a bunch of boards, but not an overwhelming number of boards. It's worth it. I think Pinterest is one I need to go and declutter because I have an overwhelming number of boards. <laughs> and that's, that's what I see. I go into other people's pages and I see like tons and tons of boards and, and I, and it's like, okay, what has been added to you recently? And I get kind of lost and confused. So I've sworn to myself, I will not add any additional boards. I want to say you've got like 10 of them, maybe. Oh, that's I, not bad at all. No, I, 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 I make rules for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will not make another board and then I stick to them. And I, th I think that's probably why you're so successful with working with people is because you make rules that you follow for yourself. So you know that they have to make rules kind of for themselves as well. Yeah. And, and to your point, Ed, I have never asked of a client to do something I either haven't already done or wouldn't be willing to do myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm very honest with them about 
what I have or have not done, what I struggle with. I, my clients find out way too much about me too. Um, cause I'm just, I'm just me. I'm authentically Kate. This is it. This person that you're talking to, this is me. I love that. And she did warn me before we went on that we might have visitors, but she did. He, one did pop its head up. I tried to, I, she was going to come up here. And so I just tried to shove her down. <laughs> but I told her that was totally okay. Her two little calicos are in the room with her, but I told her it was totally okay because you know, this happens, it's real life. And that's what it's all about. It's about being authentic. It's about being real life. That's why I don't yes. do a lot of editing. I just kind of take what people say, unless there's a major technical glitch. Everything that we just talked about is completely on the episode. Love it. I love it. Yes, we are real. We do not need to be edited. In fact, we're just fine as we are, unless some major technical difficulties happen. Yeah, some major <laughs> technical difficulties, like when StreamYard was down earlier. So, yeah. So, guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere where you can find um, Kate, as well as the SoKindRegistry.org that she talked about. And... Kate, I want to thank you for coming on and for sharing about decluttering. You really got me thinking about, because I'm looking at my office right now, and you really got me thinking about, oh, my goodness. Maybe I need her to help me declutter my office a little bit. You know where to find me. I'll tell you, all of my friends and family, they are perpetually telling me, oh, gosh, after that conversation with you, I just like, hey, you've got it all inspired and I in the, you know, fill in the, whatever thing they decluttered. And uh, everyone loves telling me what they've managed to do and I give them I, everyone gets a nice pat on the head when they do a <laughs> cluttering job. <laughs> a nice pat on the head. Now how many I did did not ask this question, but it just came to me. How long do your clients normally work with you? Oh gosh. So that's an interesting question that um so many people ask if there is no answer to um because it's all about who this person is and what their situation is. I've got a woman I've been working with for um, about four years because at the time that I met her, her husband had passed away. And what we're working with is the clutter that he had built over the course of their life together. Mm -hmm. And so she's dealing with the, the grief, the shame over having let the house get that way, and then uh, what it means to get rid of these things that belong to him. So we've been working together for a long time because I refuse to push her faster than she is ready to go because I'm not going to injure her. Mm -hmm. Somebody else might just need one 80 minute session with me to just get that bit of like oomph and inspiration. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's incredibly varied. Wow. At least you're honest about that. Mm -hmm. So I'd love that. So like I said, guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere you can find Kate if you're interested in working with her because you can tell she's pretty awesome just by talking to her right now. Thank um, and thank you for watching and, and listening to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin. Be blessed and most importantly, keep chatting. Bye, guys. Chats from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.